0: You're listening to a 1FM podcast And it's my favourite time of the week again I've got Steve on the line How is it going Steve?
1: Yeah very good on this particular Wednesday, the last day of winter, it is a magnificent day down here in downtown Norfolk. We're doing some child grinding. It is a magnificent day, and I dare say it is up there too.
0: It is. I just look out the window behind me. The sun is out for the last day of winter, so it's good. And by the time this goes to air, we'll be in swing.
1: Well, it'll be very nice, Josh. I hope there'll be plenty more warmer weather. Not too hot, but it's a bit warmer weather than what we've had over the last few weeks. Been pretty ordinary, I must say.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a nice time. Come a year swing, hopefully, and footy finals and sun coming out. It's like we're out of hibernation. Yeah, now what's, what's your footy team going to do this week? Oh, uh, well, tomorrow night. I, I'm sort of a little worried. I actually think Brisbane have got a good chance. Everyone's writing them off, but I actually think they'll do really well. I definitely don't think it'll be easy. No, that's
1: right. Well... Quite frankly, I'll just be watching with great interest the games and hoping they're a good contest.
0: Yeah, well, I think it will be. I still think Melbourne's the team to beat, but we'll wait and see.
1: All right, well, after next week, we'll either look... Well, we won't be look, we're looking smart or, or dumb because we're not going to make any selections, Josh, so that's probably a good way to go. Yeah,
0: yeah. And anyway, I mean, even, even with Richmond, I've still got three premierships I'm still pretty content with, so whatever oh, happens, happens. Good. But anyway, <laughs> um, who are we talking about this week?
1: Well, I'm not going to give the name of this particular... the first stage name until a bit later on, but I'll tell you that he was born five... Powell, P-O-W-E-L-L, on the 26th of June, 1943, in Lee, Lancashire. So I'll leave you you and the listeners a bit in the dark until we get a bit further on, John. I've
0: still got got no idea. (laughs) an English singer, I don't know. No
1: idea. Uh, It could be anybody, couldn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, this fellow, he took piano lessons from age seven, and he left school at 15, and he worked briefly in a cotton weaving mill. And he played for piano, he played piano for a band called the Dominoes at Night. But moving further along, he took part in a singing contest in Wales and he was offered a job there by a band leader called Rory Blackwell, who was an early British pop star who actually founded the first British rock and roll band in nineteen fifty-six and recorded quite a few songs. And I wrote down here, I'm not familiar with his work, but I did do a bit more investigation today and found out it was actually worth a mention, if you have a look in Wikipedia, it's not a long storyline, but this fellow did record Bye Bye Love before the Everly Brothers, Boney Maroney, Great Balls of Fire, and he wrote and released an orchestral piece after the moon landing, and it was called Apollo 11, Sea of Tranquility. Now I haven't actually listened to it, but I dare say it probably would be worth a listen. Yeah,
0: uh, that, you know, Rory Blackwell. Interesting.
1: Rory Blackwell, yes, yeah, founded the first, led the believe the first British rock band in 1950, rock and roll band in 1956. Hmm. Now, at 16, Powell went to London and on recommendation of a fellow called Lionel Bart, who was another interesting fellow. He was a British composer who, amongst other things, was the sole creator of the musical Oliver oh, wow! in 1960. And now he entered into a management arrangement with a fellow called Larry Parnes, who was the first English pop manager. So we're getting quite a few names here that we're not familiar with, but have all been part of the British pop scene. Now, this particular fellow, Parnes, he'd been, who had given new stage names to such artists such as Marty Wilde and Billy Fury, the forced Powell to reluctantly change his name or he wouldn't employ him. Now, the original name suggestion was was a name called Lance Fortune, which he did take on, but then decided that he didn't actually like it. But someone else had actually taken the name anyway. So this particular fellow's name became Georgie Fame.
0: Ah, uh, vaguely rings a bell, I must say, I'm not sure
1: But before we go on a bit further and talk about Georgie Fame well, I might tell you about this fellow called Lance Fortune Who I just happened to look up this morning His real name was Chris Morris And he did a couple of songs then called Be Mine Which reached number 4 in the UK in 1960 And another song called This Love I Have For You Which was a top, top 30 song He was originally with a group called the Firecrest and later on, he joined a group called the, would you believe, the Lees. Ah,
0: after uh, that song.
1: Yeah, after that song. Now, I played a couple of those songs that he recorded. They weren't bad, weren't bad, actually. I don't think we'll be doing a Wikipedia on him because it doesn't go very far, but the songs were quite good. Anyway, getting back to Georgie Fame, who we really want to discuss. Now, Georgie Fame then toured the UK after this with Eddie Cochran, Gene Vincent of the Dean Bopalula fame, and others and playing, he played the piano for Billy Fury, the rock star, in, in his backing band called The Blue Flames, who actually, at the end of 1961, got the sack and for some reason, and Georgie Fame actually took over and renamed it very originally Georgie Fame and The Blue Flames. <laughs> and they became very successful with a repertoire of uh, rhythm and blue numbers. Now, now, Georgie Fame was a jazz and blues aficionado, and he was influenced by the genre ska. Ska. Now, I'll tell you what that is in a minute.
0: Yeah, I know. I know uh, what ska is, but yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure whether all the, the listeners might know. Now, he, he was influenced by this. He'd been in Jamaica and had heard this particular genre in, in the cafes in Jamaica. Now, this genre, uh, as I just said, originated in Jamaica. It was a precursor to reggae, and it was combined with American jazz and rhythm and blues. In the early 60s And it turned out to be very popular with, When we had the old mods and rockers type scenario but It turned out to be very popular with the British mods And skinheads And later incorporated into a harder edge of punk rock So it was an interesting sort of genre I must say Now they played at a jazz nightclub Called the Flamingo Club And recorded their first album in 1963 Which was called R&B at the Flamingo Now this failed to chart But he did have a follow-up album, which was called Fame at Last, cleverly named, and that reached number 15 on the UK albums chart. Now, we had a situation where the major record companies at the time, which were EMI, Decca, Pi and Phillips, they were paying the radio stations at the time to get their songs played. Of course, we know about the old payola system. But a fellow called Ronan O'Reilly, or Riley, it's spelled R-O apostrophe R H. R-A-H-I-L-L-Y, so you can put your own pronunciation on that. And he was an Irish businessman and ended you know, up creating a pirate radio station. I think we've mentioned this before a long way back, which was called Radio Caroline. But this was the only way that he was able to get Georgie Fame's songs actually played. The popularity of the song soon, these first songs soon became evident. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In 1964, because it reached number one in the UK, 14 in Australia, and 21 in the US became an actual gold record. Just doing a bit more discography here, in 1966, a song called Getaway was number one again in the UK, 40 in Australia, and only 70 in the US. Although in Canada it reached number one And it was number six in Ireland and seven in Sweden So it was a pretty successful song again It was actually written as a jingle for a petrol commercial That's an interesting way to get a number one song I must say (laughs)
0: Later
1: on he did a, a cover of Bobby Hebb's song Sunny, which is a terrific song and that reached number 13 in the uk and then another song called sitting in the park which i'm not familiar with that finished at number 12 but his biggest song was yet to come as far as i was concerned and that was 1967 and that was the bell of the bonnie and clyde was
0: that before the movie or after the movie
1: oh that's a good question you might have to look that up josh i didn't that's one thing i didn't follow up i think it would have been not sure whether it was for the movie or not. So you'll have to. No, no, no.
0: You'll it have was to have after a the movie. Out. No, because it cause was, was
1: a, after the movie. She yeah.
0: reads the letter. She it was published. It was in the in the scene in the movie. It was published in the paper. Someone wrote the ballad of Bonnie Cl- and Clyde, and he must have put it to song after seeing the movie.
1: Right. Well, actually, and I didn't even have to look up who was in it because I do know Josh. Something, something I do know. Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway, actually, in the show, as you would be, well know yourself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Watch the movie. It's a great movie.
1: Yeah. Now, this was a number one song in the UK again, so he's had three number ones in the UK, four in Australia, seven in the US, and it was a top ten in many other countries, and that's where he became a gold record. He had quite a few other songs, which I'll just list briefly here. These were all songs that finished in the top 20, but were not as successful as those ones that I've just mentioned. And 1965 is a song like we used to be. And these were all only UK hits too, by the way, not, not, not anywhere else. This was number 33. A song called In The Meantime was again 33. Something was 23. 1967, Because I Love You, was uh, reached number 15. 1969, a song called Peaceful, 16. Seven Sun, 25 and in nineteen seventy one a song called Rosetta, which was uh, reached number eleven. So they're all UK songs and I didn't have any mention of them preaching in any in any other country. They may well have, but I, I was unable to find that information. Now in the seventies after Things had certainly fallen away from me. We decided to write jingles for radio and TV commercials and compose for films. Now, one particular film was called Entertaining Mr Sloan. Now, this was a 1970 British black comedy, and you'll like this, Josh. The main themes were murder... <laughs> Nymphomania and sadism.
0: <Saturn. laughs> I don't know
1: it uh, That's probably why you and I don't know it That's for sure And the Elf Garnett saga He also did some composing for That was in 1972 That of course starred Warren Mitchell And John LeMajure amongst others Now he, he later on became a member of Van Morrison's band As well as his musical producer and played organ on Morrison's albums between 1989 and, and 1997, hmm. and also appeared on Morrison's TV concert in 2008. Hmm. He was also a founding member of Bill Wyman's band, The Rhythm Kings, and worked with Towns Basie, Eric Clapton, Muddy Waters, Joan Trading, and one of your favourite groups, Josh, of course, which is The Verve.
0: Yeah, yeah, I like them. You know who they are, don't you?
1: I do now,
0: after you enlighten me. You know the song Bittersweet Symphony, don't you? Yeah, that's
1: right, yes. I'm familiar with a few more of their songs than I was before I spoke to you, I
0: must say. Yeah, anyway, interesting, uh, we're doing this on the 31st, it's Van Morrison's birthday today as well, he's 77.
1: Oh, there you go, well that's a complete (laughs) coincidence, because I didn't know that, but there you are. So you never know what's going to happen. Now, on the 18th of April 2010, he and his two sons, Tristan, uh, who was playing guitar, and his other son, James, was on drums. They performed at Quickenham Stadium, which was part of a concert, and part of the concert proceeds actually went to a trust which provides music and voice therapy for children with learning difficulties, a pretty worthy cause. Now, as a personal sidelight, he married Nicolette, who was... Now, I had to go in and work out the pronunciation of this, and I still don't know whether I've got it right. A Marchioness a or Marchioness of London Londonderry. So there's a bit of royalty there or, <laughs> or high, uh, a high saluting person. And she had born a famous son while she was married, a Marquess of Londonderry. They were subsequently divorced after paternity tests proved that Fame was the father. Now, she came to a rather an unfortunate end, which I suggest the listeners check out for themselves. Now, Georgie Plain was still performing in May 2019 with the BBC Big Band in Liverpool, although the reviewer, who looking at the program, said he looked quite frail, but still gave a very, very good performance. So, Georgie Fame is actually the only British singer to have his three top ten UK songs all reach number one.
0: That's so pretty amazing.
1: A, yes, a worthy member of our whatever happened to, our the show number 60, as we did point out last week. And quite happy to have Georgie Fame on the list of the people that we've done.
0: Yeah, very good. He's quite famous. And what should we start with, his most famous song or another one?
1: Uh, I I think we'll go with The Ballad of Bonnie and Clyde to start off with Josh.
0: Okay, here it is, The Ballad of Bonnie and Clyde by Georgie Fame. Yeah, just like in the movie, that one, (laughs) Ballad of Bonnie and Clyde.
1: Yeah, it's a pretty good song and certainly very listenable to I must say. And quite a lot of his music was very good and a good mixture of R&B and all those other particular genres that I mentioned. Now, my other selections, Josh, would be the ones that I've already mentioned. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yep. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. Get away. Get and away. I'll have stunning things.
0: Okay, we can do that. And anything else before we finish? No, nothing more except
1: that next week. I don't know who we'll have. There we go. I've been literally looking for quite a, quite a few of the issues that I have with, I might mention this to the listeners, is trying to keep this sector within a certain time frame. And I did, some of the people I look up, you cannot do justice to them in that short period of time. So to search for some others who I think will be just as interesting to tell. Yeah. the story, their story to tell. But well, apart from that, Josh, it's nice to have the good weather back and I'll have 2020 20 vision in both eyes by Saturday and, as I said, I might be able to even see you from where I am now.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, you have. I don't have 2020 vision. My glasses help, though, but you'll have them without glasses. That'll be amazing.
1: Well, it will be. I think it'll be fantastic. Everybody says it's a pretty good... All the people that are older than me, there are people older than me, Josh, I might add. Yeah.
0: They'll
1: all say it's quite a fantastic scenario. So I look forward to that and hope that you and the listeners have a great week and stay healthy, everybody.
0: Yeah, take care. All the best. See you in swing. It. Yeah, well, that'll be nice, Josh. Good <laughs> on. Catch you later, mate. See ya. You've been listening to a 1FM podcast.